Now then, Lids, if you'd like to support the podcast, please visit patreon.com slash haveawordpod and sign up. Everyone that signs up on Patreon will get discounts for merch, discounts for live shows, also early availability on content and tickets. And this is the big one. You will get the Wednesday afternoon Patreon-exclusive episode. So Monday's episode is for everybody. Fridays, that's for every motherfucker's will. But Wednesday's episode is only on Patreon. Sign up at patreon.com slash haveawordpod. What's happening, guys? It's Adam here. Just a quick word from our sponsors before we kick off today's episode. That is Beer52.com. Beer52 is the UK's most popular craft beer discovery club. They're number one, baby. And they'll send you some amazing beers every month, and you can rate and review them via their website to earn points and rewards. Now, every month's beers that you get sent will have a brand new theme. Past themes have been the beers of Germany, California, Belgium, Korea, New Zealand, South Africa, and many, many more. And they've kindly given our listeners an exclusive offer. You'll get a free case of eight beers and a award-winning beer magazine and a tasty snack the second you sign up they'll send them out in the post here and you can't catch corona from the post all you have to do is pay a few quid for the delivery and you can cancel or pause your membership at any time sign up now at beer52.com slash word that's our exclusive link that's b-e-e-r-5-2.com slash w-o-r-d you'll claim your free case of beer and for every person that signs up via that link only they slide us a little bit of money that supports the podcast it helps us out it's win-win so do us a favour, pause the pod here, go and do that now, and then enjoy the episode. Nice one. See you in a bit. Fucking did it in one take, bro. Yeah, man. <laughs> now, I'm getting the word nuts. <gasps> Cha! Upset me, nasty bitch. Catch me outside, how about that? I'm big boned. I'm heavy structure. I'm hung low. If I pull my shit out, this whole room get dark. Disgusting! It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel like podcasting. Two mics, two lids, and a lot of time on their hands. This is Have a Word. I want to be with you night and day. How are you? Good, thanks, mate. Good. Yeah. Getting a little bit, uh, I, uh, yeah, just a little bit antsy there because, uh, Laura, Laura's working. Listen, I know I've said it before. She works quite hard, but it's starting to take the piss a bit now. I'm just like, I've got a fucking podcast to do. Get off the laptop. She's like, I know, but it's my job. I'm like, oh, shut up. It's the podcast, mate. Come on. This is your job. (laughs) (laughs) It's my job. This is my job, bitch. Get off my computer. (laughs) We probably make about the same amount of money from it. The household income is probably pretty (laughs) evenly split, except I'm like, yeah, but if that's the case and there's an equal divide there, really, priority should be the one that one of us likes. Like, you don't like your job, and I do fucking like my podcast. Give me the laptop. <laughs> the child's in there. Enjoy being a mother. Bye-bye. And then uh, mm. I've just got an email from our African voiceover lady. Have we? Yeah. Can I ask for a couple more bits? Like, she's available. Her, I will record anything for you, is Fadala. Now, I obviously... Things are crazy. This is pre pre Rona. You could just get her to say something 
for five dollars, and I was never a dick about it. I uh, I paid twenty dollars, which is like express delivery and also an HQ file. I thought I'm going to pay you four times what your minimum is because I want to be a good shit. I don't want to be like, look, it's like two hundred words. Can you say it? So I thought I'm going to do that. Did it the first time, absolutely no problem. I've done it maybe twice since, and I thought today we're starting the shutdown. The shutdown dailies are gone. I would like to get the branding on point so that it all syncs right because that's the kind of little pernickety shit. Not OCD. I like that sort of pernickety shit. It's not the shutdown dailies. I don't want it to sound like the shutdown dailies. I don't want it to look like the shutdown dailies. So I'm like, fuck, I want to get that sorted. Center the thing, like I always do. Less words than is like her limit. And she's gone, uh, what about if you pay me $80 for professional broadcast rights? Oh my God. Fuck off. So I was like, I'm sorry, I can't afford that because we're just a we're just a little low podcast and um we just we're just got we don't make no money. We just do it for the love. I, I can't afford the Rona hit me hard. Oh shit. Oh, I can't even answer the email that you just sent. The Rona's fucking up my fingers. I can't type. I'm like, oh fuck off. And I tell you what, if she digs her heels in uh, this sounds so white. I will find another African lady who is happy to work for twenty dollars. How's that? <laughs> Just pay her. Nah, she's. <laughs> nah, I'm not joking. It's four sentences. It's a little. It's just a little update. If it's not, if it was a full script, I'd be like, ah, I'm like, fuck off, mate. Come on. The only th- the <laughs> thing is, if we pay her now, this, this sounds so bad. If you pay them once, they want to be paid again. And I'm talking about voiceover artists. But um, <laughs> but we'll want more updates going down the road. Can't be like fucking broadcast rights every time. So I'm going to need um a little bit more money, mate. It's about come on. It's just a load of lids. It doesn't affect you. What the fuck? So, uh, yeah, I got my back up. I don't know why. Because that, that's exactly the same type of bullshit. We're self-employed. You have to sort of go, well, what about your fuck off? But she just has to speak for 35 seconds. It's not a rough gig, that is it. $20. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? If she had to drive to, like, Bumble's fuck East Yorkshire, I'd be like, yeah, fair enough. I'll pay you fucking petrol money. From Africa. Yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. fucking hell of a journey there. Oh, it's but, not, do you know what? In fact, not an easy double. I would say she'd she she'd be she'd have to charge at least hundred quid if she was going to drive <laughs> from Zimbabwe to East Yorkshire. <laughs> yeah, and you've also got to think the money that she'd give Adam Rushton as a fucking agent. Um, <laughs> Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> Who the fuck? I wish I had the button. Who the fuck is that guy? Um, oh. uh, yeah, so. I'm all good, and I am excited about the old new schedule, and I had a nice day off yesterday. How are you? I saw some of your tweets, and I was like, oh, Bo- Bojo, old oh, Boris, old oh, Boris Johnson. He's, uh, he's, he's, I don't, didn't feel like you were happy from your social media. No, it's not that I'm not happy. It's just that it doesn't make any fucking sense, does it? Like, no. it doesn't make any sense. It, it was very clear. Like, I've seen a lot of people say, oh, so unclear what they want. No, it's very clear what they want, but it doesn't make any sense. They want people to go back to work, to work with strangers in an office with no air conditioning. But don't you dare go and have a cuppa with your fucking dad and yeah. your ma and your brother and your sister. That's fucking dangerous, that. I think the, the, the thing I've seen straight away with the new slogan 
that has now been picked up by so many people is the change from red to green. Oh, <laughs> it's so subliminal. It's so sneaky. But it's not even sneaky because it's so fucking obvious. It's yeah. gone from stop to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what yeah, those yeah. colours mean. It's fucking bananas. And they said they're going to add some clarity today. Dominic Raab has given three speeches today and contradicted himself every time he did a new one. There's like... Does it feel like when they do these things, you'd think it feels like Boris Johnson's the kind of like cool kid at school and they've got to do this presentation and it's that's the time. And he's like, oh no, don't worry about it. I don't get the fucking gist of it. It really feels like at about five o'clock they were like, guys, we really need to probably fucking do it now. Get off your phone, Dominic. We're going to really fucking do it. Because it, it, it just is, is messy. What- they want you to think. Now, I know I that, that's what a conspiracy theorist says, but that's what they want you to think. They want you to think this is all ill thought out and they really don't know what they're doing and blah, blah, blah. It's bullshit. They know exactly what they're doing. So they want us very- to think they're fuckwits. <laughs> that's a weird, yeah. It's a weird strategy, isn't it? No, they do. that's exactly what they want, though. Because now, with the new slogan and the change from red to green... They've still said stay at home as often as possible, but go out for unlimited exercise. Go and sit in the park if you want. Have a little few proseccos on a picnic. Go and do what you need to do. Play but sport. Stay at home play sport. Play sport, but with your family. <laughs> yeah, I've bought Jade some shin pads. She's getting a fucking two foot to the kneecap, mate. mate um, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Honestly, we're gonna play a bit of NFL household NFL. And uh, I reckon I'm going to do pretty well against Etta as an uh, like a defensive, <laughs> offensive lineman. I'm like fucking yes, mate. Oh, In God. my tinfoil, tinfoil hat opinion, what they want is they they're still going for herd immunity. It, just in their own way they're trying to hide it. And now what they want? Apparently, it was leaked from a government advisor that the stay at home has been too effective. That's why they're changing it because right. not enough people have got coronavirus. So they want more people to get it. Overly f- so can we just clear up for everyone that's listening around the world? Because we 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 know our download figures, and it's not just a British podcast. So uh, until now, it's been a very it's been very clear. I mean, done in a bumbly fucking Tory way, which is the way of it at the moment with the Tories. But like, stay at home, stay light, save lives. It's been a, a red font on on yellow, and it's been quite clear, to, you know. But but now, and there's been a lot of leakage, hasn't there? Like all week through the press, I don't know if they were leaking yeah. or if people were just speculating. But it it very much felt like, oh, things are going to change on May the 11th. Things are going to change. And on the face of it, what was announced yesterday, you'd listen to what was said, and it was quite small. Like, if you can't work from home, if you're in construction or manufacturing, if you have to go to work, please avoid public public transport. But you can do a little bit more exercise. But they, it was very small amounts of, like, easing on the face of it. But the general feel, like like Adam was saying about the colouring, and the t- why have we lost stay at home and now it's stay alert and save lives and everyone's pissed off like it feels like you're like it's neither one thing or the other you're not you're not coming out and going we need to ease the lockdown for the economy but at the same time 
Like they are easing it. It's just such a strange grey area. Poland, Poland suggests at the minute that the general consensus in the country is that saving lives is more important than saving the economy. That's what the public believe. Right. So if they are seen to be prioritising the economy over lives, they'll essentially lose voters at the next election, which is the last thing they want. So that's why the only thing that has stayed from the last slogan is save lives. So it's right. gone from... Stay at home, protect the NHS, save lives. Yeah. We've lost the first two for stay alert, control the virus, save lives is still there. Because what their advisors have gone is whatever you do, do not deviate from the point we're saving lives. Yeah. That's what the that's what the country wants at the minute. But you basically our government want herd immunity. They want as many people to get it as possible because they then believe we'll all be immune to it for at least a couple of years. And in that time, we can get a vaccine. And in that time, we can open the economy again. The stay at home slogan has been, in their opinion, too effective. Now, it's very easy for us all to go, too effective, cheeky cunts. 50,000 people are fucking dead. And that's absolutely right. That's absolutely the side I'm on. But from their point of view, the NHS has been at about 45% capacity. In, in terms of coronavirus, what they want is it at 99%. If it's at 99%, that means the NHS is still within capacity. It can still cope with everyone that's coming in. Everyone that comes in, there's still a bed for them. That's what they want. They don't want there to be a single person who can't get a bed. But they then want people it to be die. as close to that line then, as then, then a lot of people will die. As soon as you're in that awful situation that they were in in, in Lombardy in Italy where they ran out of beds and they were having to make the... Because they had no preparation in Italy. It hit them like a fucking tsunami. And they had to make decisions between like, oh, Jesus, fuck, well, that guy's 60 and that guy's 70. Unfucking lucky, Giuseppe. The respirators go into that guy. Like, they don't want to be in that situation. But right now, <laughs> mental to say this, it's been so effective. They fucking furloughed some of those Nightingale hospitals. The one in London yeah. is just sat empty. There's like, was it 4,000 mm. beds? So essentially, the Tories going, oh, no, oh, okay, hang on a minute. Bloody hell, we've prepped for the fucking Rona. Every cunt's going to get it. And the poor people, they're going to get these things anyway. They're dirty. They touch each other. They're smoking. <laughs> they're wanking each other off in, in you know, l- low-rent streets. I mean, they've got <laughs> to get it. Let's let them get it a bit more. I mean, easy. Yeah, men- mental. I like, you know what? So I'm not a fan got- of conspiracy. But I like I like that. I don't think that's tinfoil hat. I think that's reading between the lines. Yeah, they they and not enough people are getting it fast enough. That 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 that's the way they're looking at it. The way yeah. they're looking at it is at the minute, what's gonna happen is everyone who's gonna get it is gonna get it, but it's gonna take a much longer period of time if they kept the stay at home slogan. Well, the country will be through the fucking floor because everyone stayed at home. The economy is in the tank. And then everyone's like, comes out in November, like, are we allowed out now? And then at Christmas, like, there's a lot of COVID-19 for Christmas, isn't there? Like, yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's so, it's such a brutal situation to be and be like, ah, but you need to earn. But fuck, old people are important, but I need a job. But oh, God. I want to do gigs, but, oh, God, granddad's still alive, but, oh, he's had a good inning. That slogan that they've introduced and the new policy, which is as fucking clear as mud, um, I think means that I'm probably slightly wrong now. I think it's going to be September, October that we're back gigging. I'm going to come forward a little bit on my prediction of November. Oh, my God. You know, 
uh, if you didn't see the announcement yesterday, they had like a number blocks thing of like when it goes down from five to four, it's good, and then it's at three, and it's green. And what we really want is one, and then we can all have orgies again. So now Adam's got a a complimentary, a little gigometer, and he's look, yeah. he was he was all negative before, and it was at November, December, and now it's come down to, it's come down to October, maybe September. It's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. What's I the very, think... what's the very bottom? Just doing a gig tomorrow. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> just doing in a park with everyone they, like oh. If they open, their their intention at the minute is for pubs and restaurants to open on the first of July. Now that is apparently conditional and it might change and whatever, but that's their current plan. So if rest like with social distancing, if restaurants and pubs are going to open on the first of July, if that happens, I can't see it being a full six months before we can put a gig on after do you know what I mean there's a lot yeah but there's a lot of ifs buts buts and maybes but it's I mean if you're pontificating it would almost be a waste of time to be like well let's discuss all the ifs buts and maybes well we all know that if there's shit loads of Rona knocking about in the summer all of those rules change and if there's none then they're going to be relaxed but you can basically go on on where we're going now this trajectory I think it's going to be about the club and whether just talking about comedy clubs restaurants and pubs is is too is too but just comedy club wise just as a point of reference it's going to be down to the individual promoter and the room isn't it if they can make the room run with 40 people on lower wages with a skeleton staff with social distancing i think hot water are fucking open straight away and they'll turn around to you i asked asked paul blair i asked the owner of hot water comedy club yesterday um, and I hope he doesn't mind me saying this because this was like off the record, obviously, and this is not official policy. This is just chat. But I said to him, um, how many people would the government have to allow you to have in your basement for you to open? So if the government said you can have... Fo- their, their basement holds 224 people. That's how yeah, many seats yeah, yeah. there are. So can I, I have a guess? Can I have a guess? Yeah. Uh, what, yeah, what, is this Paul or Binti? Paul. 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 Now, there's, I, I think even... 110 you'd say if it was half that I think we'd all take half fees and half rooms but is it going to be more strict than that I reckon under 60 I, I don't know if Paul would do it under 60 people that's like nearly a quarter full. is it 100 he said he, he said it, it would need at least 100 yeah to be able to justify opening and even then he would only open of a weekend so at the minute, for those who don't know, Hot Water Comedy Club is open seven nights a week. Um, on Wednesdays, there's two shows. On Thursdays, there's two shows. Friday, there's two shows. And Saturday, there's often five, six, six shows. Jesus. Sometimes. Um, but midweek, Hot Water Comedy Club is free entry. So they don't make any money from ticket sales. It's all just on the bar. And the, the bar roughly... Uh, makes them a bit of profit after paying all the staff, all the electricity, and paying the few hundred quid they pay the comedians. Midweek, they make a little bit of money, but at 100 people, it's difficult because they're normally packed midweek because it's free. Right. However, of a weekend, they charge about 18 quid a ticket, so then they would make a bit of money even at 100 people. Right. So, so also, you've got to think about them. atmosphere. You've got to think about atmosphere. And, and in restaurants in, in Italy, they've put little perspex fucking, like almost like office cubicles, like you, that, like yeah. people are working in a fucking call centre. You just can't do that with comedy clubs. You just can't. No. It's a communal experience. Okay, you don't have to be what like you licking do, your think, fucking neighbour. But What you could do, I think, out of hot water, which it wouldn't be ideal because comedy works best when everyone's as packed as close together as possible. 
But you could fill that room with 100 people by going one seat full, one seat empty, one seat full, one seat empty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that wouldn't be that bad. Do you know what I mean? It'd what about like the row in front of you? Big chair. What about the row in front huh? of you? They're very close, aren't they? The people sat in front. Yeah, but you just have to stagger it so that the one in front of you is empty. Right, so they'd be on little like a little chess chessboard pattern like, sort of thing. It'd be like brick wall. Yeah. Where like the, the middle of two bricks overlaps the one brick on the other one. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think they'd the, have to do like a chessboard that. analogy. <laughs> chess doesn't make sense, does it? Like a drafts board, you know? Like white, black, white. I don't think they're going to be doing apartheid at the comedy club. Oh, I knew there was a joke coming. There had to be. It was just a matter of time. I thought Adam was really getting pissed off about chessboards. <laughs> he was just waiting to do a fucking silly joke. Yeah, he's back. Woo. Oh, dear. Fuck me. Just wait there. John, how many black people we got in so far? <laughs> 48 right we can have two of years the rest of years need to go <laughs> this is why you shouldn't have morons working the door really it feels traditional but in many ways right I, so basically I've been told it's like a chess you know like black white black white black white so yeah, it's fucking difficult 90% of these people are white here I don't know what we're going to do it right <laughs> John there's an Asian guy here what are we doing with them <laughs> you're fucking you're fucking the system up pal <laughs> <laughs> oh my god there's gonna be no old people at these gigs for fucking ages is there like old people really about comedy the fuck They're the worst people at comedy clubs anyway though <laughs> <laughs> enjoyable they're either asleep or being borderline fucking racist or just like oh I don't know what <laughs> I don't get I don't like that comedy Oh, Jesus. I thought they'd want us back in comedy clubs, you know. If they really want to fucking mess with herd immunity, comedy clubs in Liverpool, it's unlikely the Tories are going to be too bothered about them, aren't they? Like, oh, well, get them in there. Let they them can't come out and say it, can they? They can't no. come out and go, right, you know what? We've looked at the data and we're not that arsed anymore, so do whatever you want, especially in towns that are majority <laughs> Labour. <laughs> this is where we want... We've really done the research, and although you may have read some articles, this is where we think COVID-19 has almost no effect. Newcastle-upon-Tyne, Sunderland, Liverpool, Central Manchester, <laughs> some of the northwest of England, like brilliant. Central Birmingham. Essentially, wherever you can hear a dump valve and techno music in cars, that's where COVID 19 doesn't have an effect. <laughs> go out, go out there, share a cigarette, share a needle, do what you love to do. Now then, lids, I want to tell you about Trans Alloy Wheels Limited. Alloy wheel refurbishments, car bodywork, and customization services in Leeds and throughout West Yorkshire. Basically, these guys can sort your wheels out. And if you listen to this thinking, well, I'm not like a boy racer, I'm not that bothered about my car. Mate, I drive a Volvo. And after the fucking Rona, I'm going to these guys at Trans Alloy Wheels Limited when I'm gigging in Yorkshire, and I'm going to get them to sort out the alloys that are all scuffed up and fucked on my Volvo V40 so even if you've got a sensible dad mobile or you've inherited your nana's banger soup up the wheels get them sorted if you've parked like a bell end 
get them tidied up, make them look smarter. Go the full hog, get them jazzed up, get them glitzy, get them gold. Just live your life through your alloy wheels. They can add value to your car and make it look fucking smart. They use the same techniques as the biggest car manufacturers and they offer powder coating, diamond cutting, painting, new tyres, acid stripping and shot blasting, tyre fitting and removal. They do car body repairs and they have a pickup and delivery service. They also do insurance work. These guys have got amazing reviews online. Come and get your wheels souped up, changed and refurbished. And this is the best bit. All Have A Word listeners will receive 25% off everything. I'm going, I'm getting my saving. These guys are amazing. Trans Alloy Wheels Limited. Get them on Facebook, Insta, online, the lot. Nice one, lids. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling triggered. It must be Have A Word with Adam and Dave. What you got for me, baby? Oh, many, many things. Uh, John C has got in touch and he says, I don't know if this is appropriate, but during the dark times, comedian Bobby Mayer posted something on Twitter like it's tough at the moment if anyone is struggling DM me. So I did an exchange, maybe 10 direct messages with Bobby Mayer, and it really helped me. I don't have his permission to make the call out, so uh, I just, I'm just hoping he's okay with it. I'd just like to nominate Bobby Mayer for Ledge of the Day. Just a mad, simple thing to do, but it's helped me massively. So basically, John C. just wants to give out a shout-out to Bobby Mayer. And I, as soon as I read that, I was like, Bobby Mayer's done a bit of TV. He's a, he's a, he's a name in British comedy. And just- Bobby Mayer is a fucking great guy and he was in when I did my episode of the stand-up sketch show on yeah. ITV2 I did a routine about getting mugged while I was listening to S Club 7 and he played the mugger in my sketch nice Bobby's great and he's in my sketch yeah Bobby Mayer I didn't have, didn't expect to be doing a ledge of the day that was a fucking comedian that we know and like but Bobby Mayer is the ledge of the day uh, oh What's Golfers up? in England can play with one other person from outside their household from Wednesday, according to updated government guidelines. I'm going for a game of golf, mate. I'm going to play some <laughs> golf clubs. Just every fucking, every lid, like, turning up in the fucking cap attraction. Hey, no, no, don't worry about it, mate. I'm, uh, I know, I've not been a member before, but all of a sudden, quite fancy a bit of fucking golf, lad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can use a tennis ball if I want. Fuck off! <laughs> I used to play golf up. when I was younger. I, I fell out. I, I fell away from playing it, but um, I'm going to get back into it. Oh. I've been wanting to get back into it for a while. And has there ever been a better time? Is it the yeah. What what courses have you got? Fucking, you've played golf growing up, mate. That's so contradictory to your working class. You know, salt oh, of can, the earth. I can fucking, make it with us. Yeah. So we used to play in the summer. The golf course would open at 8 a.m. We'd get on the golf course at 6 a.m. when the sun rose, yes. so we'd play for free. <laughs> <laughs> Little fucking ne'er-do-wells. Fucking far! And uh, what we would do, so um, there was a couple of ponds on Bowron Park Golf Course, which is where I used to play. Um, sometimes we'd just go up in the, our clothes that we were happy to get ruined. We would get in the ponds with a fishing net run it along the bottom of the golf, get all the golf balls yes. that had fell in there. The really good ones we'd keep for ourselves. And then the shit ones, there was a, a sandwich van halfway around the golf course that sold like bacon butties and stuff for the golfers, right? Yeah. And they sold golf balls four for a pound and they would buy them off you for six for a pound. 
So they made a bit of profit on it. So if you went up to the van with six golf balls, they'd give you a quid. So we'd just go around the golf course, find as many shit ones as we could, take them to the van. And sometimes we'd take like 60 golf balls and go, yeah, mate, they're all shit, they're all battered, but he'd buy them anyway. And he'd give you the tenner. Wow. There you go. You made it really hey, who fucking... Rodney? Hey, who dares? He's, got, he's selling fucking sweets on the schoolyard. He's, how are you a comedian? How are you not selling second-hand fucking cars? Right, no, no, we just go around the wrecking yard, right? When some of them shit the cars, we just get a big net, big fuck-off net, we grab all the cars, right, and we just take them around, we just sell them to dickhead, six for a pound. Go on, go on, Nana, you drive away. Hey, you go around the first corner, it's not our problem at turn two. Fucking hell. Oh, brilliant. Love it. You made it so scouse. <laughs> <laughs> that started with you going, you're Tory twat playing golf. Now, now I'm the working class hero of the golf world. <laughs> oh, that, I asked the African, I hope she does that. I asked the African lady to, get, to say, oh, Granddad Dave, stop being such a Tory. Because <laughs> I didn't think she'd say nonce. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, all right, Vincent and Dave. Love the pod. Just listen to number 41, which mentions Chanel the parrot. Chanel! She is one of our neighbours, and I thought it might be worth a mention. The reason her parrot is called Chanel is because her dog is called Coco. So that's that's why it's called Chanel, because of Coco oh, Chanel. Coco Chanel. There you go. She's not just called a, a fucking parrot Chanel Chanellington for no reason. Someone else asked, in light of the Chanel thing and the woman who owns the fucking parrot, who's the most mental Chanel Chanellington person you've ever met in your life? Have you ever come across some proper fucking crackpots? I grew up on a street full of them. Yeah, Tony the Smackheads. At least he had a reason, though, innit? But no, we had like non-smackheads on our streets who were fucking mental right. our street if you sat on a Saturday night on your step and just watched the street you could guarantee that was better than watching whatever was on the fucking telly I love it <laughs> it was like EastEnders couldn't write the storylines that went on in our streets EastEnders would have had to wait for Netflix to do the Dove Cut version there was a fella who was cheating on his pregnant bird with the next door neighbour in our street. And then his pregnant bird threw a fucking Molotov cocktail through the other one's window. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> fucking hell. You know life has gone a bit weird when you have to reach over your bump to make a Molotov cocktail. I mean, I'm not like life has already gone a bit weird. If you're make, if you're like right, and I put the petrol in this bottle, and then I get the bit of cloth. But if you're doing that, like, and you're moving baby formula and nappies to get the Molotov cocktail on the counter, something's gone fucking mental. It was so incestuous as well. So next door to us um, was a couple called Angela and Jimmy. They were next door to our right. Two doors to our left was Angela's sister, Sharon, and her husband and her kids. Yeah. And then um, about eight street, eight, eight houses to our right, maybe ten, was 
Carl and Julie and their kids and Carl was Angela and Sharon's brother and over the road for us was Anne and George and George was Sharon Angela and Carl's cousin and then two doors down from Anne and George was Anne's sister and her husband and their kids so like what would happen was you think they're still there we were all best mates but it's so family it was so family orientated that like if you ended up having murder like because all the kids were of similar ages so if I ended up having a fight with one of the kids the the whole street was all their cousins you had to move fighting with (laughs) fucking all of them (laughs) do you know what I mean though like I'd end up fighting with me mate Lee he was me mate but when you're kids you fight but then he's got his brother Barry and then he's got Carl and David and Bernard his cousins who all live in the streets you've got Sophie and Chloe next door they're all I love them all now they're all lovely they're, they're dead sound me. but we'd have murder all the time and if you fought with one of them you had fucking 15 of them outside your house hey it's just ma- it's just easier to marry you in marry into it isn't it <laughs> like Adam come on now you're 12 and we keep having the fucking back door kicked in so you're gonna have to marry one of these <laughs> We need you fucking in the crazy. we need you in the fucking family tree. Was this, and round the corner from us was my auntie and my uncle Peter. Literally, like if you walked to our uh, the corner of our road, you could see their house. It was that close. They had four kids, but we like they they were my cousins. Then over the road from them was Kelly, which was my auntie and uncle's daughter. She had about six kids of her own. Me, me auntie Carol, who I ended up living with, lived around the corner. Me granddad lived around the corner. Dovecot is a fucking cesspit of incestual relationships. <laughs> like three and a half families for about half a mile, half a square I'm mile not of even messing. Right. Yeah. Oh. And then there was other families as well that we barely got involved with, but they'd have fucking screaming rows in the streets. If one of them had a drink, there was a woman called Irish Mary who she wasn't Irish but she had an Irish family um, and she had a few daughters and sons and they every now and then Irish Mary would get drunk and throw one of her daughters out and it'd be six o'clock in the morning and you'd be fucking you'd get a little shit house cracking your blinds so you could have a little look out the blinds but they can't see you it's like yeah. fuck you mum now you're a fucking slag I'll fucking kill you you daft twat and then about a day later they're all happy families again it was like <laughs> fucking Brookside, the old Scouse um, <laughs> soap. That, that was a documentary, mate. That wasn't. That wasn't, that wasn't written. Uh, I've got nothing, nothing anywhere near <laughs> like that. I wish I could show you the street I grew up in in, in Penwith in Preston. I think we were the roughest family. Like, I'm like, I can't remember any stories about being rough. It's because all the neighbours like, oh my god, they're so common, awful little cunts. Oh. <laughs> I like it. I went to college with a girl who I think was full on mental. She she lied. We got to uh, sixth form and she told us she's from a different school and she didn't know anyone. And she obviously was mental and decided that that was, you know, like I can be a whole new person and decided she'd just fucking make it up. She was like, yeah, I've got a, um, an identical twin. And we were like, wow, wow. And she's gone to another college. She was like, yeah what's the name and whatever name and we were like oh that'd be amazing you, why would you like you wouldn't instantly be like bullshit so this <laughs> twin would just keep coming up and we're like are we ever gonna have you got a picture of her and she was like um she doesn't like having a picture taken we were like alright got no pictures together no no I've got to bring a picture in with her she came in a couple of days later with a picture of her <laughs> <laughs> in a different act <laughs> I go 
You've never seen me in got, this half This is a picture of my sister. It's, she's identical. I was like, oh, she really <laughs> is identical. I was like, she's got the same black eye. <laughs> this bitch fucking crazy. This is the best bit. She obviously, people's now started thinking she was a bullshitter. She decided that this lie had got out of hand and she killed her sister off. She was like, my sister's <laughs> died. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear it did you read it in the paper my sisters died we were like oh like some of the girls did, were, didn't want to call her alive. they were like you don't know she could just like assist she says her sister died and a lot of us were like that bitch fucking crazy that bitch fucking crazy oh you know what she called she was called Michelle is? Michelle she was called do you know what ghosty in a bike is a ghosty in a bike yeah, if you're on a bike and you go steal the bike, do you know what that means? Steal, that scout, steal it. Make it, no. dis- make it disappear. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, there's loads of scouse magicians who just stick to street level. <laughs> Liverpool, <laughs> Liverpool magicians. <laughs> My fucking bike's gone. Fucking can. <laughs> um, oh, you daft cunt. What does, um, it, what does no. it mean? So, if you ghost your bike, it means you jump off the bike and the bike keeps going. As oh. if a ghost is riding. Right, right. It makes sense now. Why would you right. do that, though? Do you know why I don't know the you meaning? Because sometimes just for the laugh to see how far you can get your bike to go, but it could also be used as a weapon. Oh, so, my um, God. There was a fella in, in Dovecot. I won't say his name, but he was a fucking hard bastard. And someone was um, being a, a, a prick to one of his kids or something. And he just twatted them. He just fucked them off. He was like, fuck, don't fucking do that to my kids. And he beat them up. <gasps> and if I was an hour later, he's standing outside his house. And obviously the people who he's battered have got friends. And one of them come on a motorbike, a full dirt bike, and ghosted the bike at him and broke his leg. Drove the bike towards him. Ghosted a motorbike. <laughs> jumped off it. Basically... It, they basically shot him with a bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we're still annoyed. You fucking scratch me bike, you little rat! <laughs> oh, I've got bits of leg on me bike now. He ghosted a fucking crossed. <laughs> oh dear, I think someone yeah. on our street voted Liberal Democrat once. Oh my god! Similar story. That's weird, though, isn't it? Similar story. <laughs> um. um have we, have we got anything else? Yeah. We've yeah. got a... We've got some... We've got a stand-up question. We've got some would-you-rathers. Pick your pie then. Um, what do you fancy? Let's have With... a stand-up question. All right. And then we'll do at least one would-you-rather. Harry Robinson. Hi, lads. Quick one. Considering you rinsed my Hyman joke back in episode 34, it got me thinking, are there any jokes you told right at the start of your careers that you're in deeply that you deeply embarrassed about now? Like Most of them. The, the, <laughs> the kind of jokes that would make the Council of Comedians revoke your comedy license if they heard it. Oh, fucking loads. <laughs> I had a fictional paedophile uncle called Charlie. <laughs> uncle pedo in his notebook uncle pedo's yeah. coming out tonight they look they look good they look like an uncle pedo kind of crowd oh. um so what was it I, I had this pedophile uncle called charlie and uh one of my jokes was what <laughs> <laughs> one time uncle charlie told me that i was his favorite nephew 
I was touched. <laughs> but you know, uh, it's always nice to be someone's favourite. So swings and roundabouts. That's it's very touching. <laughs> A lot of me, a lot of me. I, I've never had much luck with women. Uh, a lot of me friends. These are going on YouTube. Gone. <laughs> These never will be allowed, announced on YouTube. Gone. Sir. <laughs> I've never had much luck with women. Uh, lot, a lot of me mates, you know, they've got girlfriends and wives now. Uh, the only bird I've got just sits in its cage all day, making fucking noises. She calls it a kitchen, but you know what? I- <laughs> I used to do that in front of paying customers. <laughs> that was April last year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, some of the bullshit you've got when you start out. So oh. cringy. I mean, I've been going so long that even stuff I was doing. You're doing stuff about the war, weren't you? Yeah. Do you, you know, you know, you've been noticed with rationing. You ever notice with ration? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have no bananas on a ukulele. Um, I got, I got. Uh, Jonathan Mayer once complained about one of my bits of material, and he said it was uh, really aggressive and misogynistic. And Jonathan's a mate of mine, and he's Campus Christmas, and he's. If you've never seen Jonathan Mayer, he's. Um, He's, he's gay, he's uber gay, he wears a fucking... He wears brooches. There you go, that sums it up. And he's very like, oh, darling, I'm darling. But he's, we've always got on brilliantly, and he's and we've always been really supportive of each other. Stand-up started at a similar time, but he... It was really rare for him to say something like that. Because I, I told the st- a story... I'm, I'm cringing, right? I'm, I'm already cringing, just retelling it, about when I slept with this girl and she could squirt... And um, I I just recounted the story. We basically had a one night stand, and she was very very sexually confident. And she said that oh, like in the build up, doing that thing of like being dead sexy, like I'm a squirter. And and I was like, oh, that's <laughs> totally out of my depth. I, I literally remember now she was hot but frightening. And I was like, oh god, <laughs> I don't know what you meant to say to that. Like really end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll bring me rain, Mac. I don't know what you meant to say to it. And then she was like, "Yeah, people tell me I taste like vanilla." <laughs> she actually will be lying to you. <laughs> she said that. She said that. She went, people taste me. I taste. And, and, and again, I don't know what you meant to say to that, but I was like, because I I was already at an age. This was probably about twenty five at this point. I was already at an age. I realised if you can tell you're on to a winner, it doesn't matter if you don't know what you're doing. Don't say something that fucks up. That's great life advice. If a girl's like, yeah. I am going to shag you, don't be like, hey, let's do some banter about it. No, 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 no. Just go quiet and don't ruin it. Don't go so quiet like, oh, he's the mute. He's gone retarded. But just, just it's the old, um, it's the old like transfer motto, isn't it? Like <laughs> people who like transfer football players and baseball players and stuff in America, their attitude is: as soon as you get the answer you want, you hang up. Yeah. So just be <laughs> like, want that player? Yeah, you can have him. Cool, bye. Send <laughs> yeah, your paperwork. Yeah. I'm gonna no, have sex no with you. Good. I'm gonna fuck you. Okay, cool. Good. Home now. Oh, okay, good. I won't talk to any of my mates or you again. Just take me home. <laughs> so I taste like vanilla. I was like wicked. Didn't know what I was like. Brilliant! I like vanilla. That's good. 
so anyway we we went back to hers and she was very like you know she was trying to be and she was probably was very sexually confident and, and I was fine it was, it was great fun good fun and then I'd sort of forgotten what she told me and as she was getting close to the point of orgasm which I don't think I'd had loads to do with I think she was well in charge of this and she was like oh I'm gonna come I'm gonna come and then she went I'm gonna come and then she went drink me <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not joking, Adam. Do you know what I said? And I, th I swear on, I swear on my life, this is what I went. I went, what? <laughs> In my Lancashire accent, I went, what? And she went, drink me. And I was like, oh, yeah, the flirt. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I just, and then I was like, oh, I'll get down. Oh. I was like, blah, 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 blah. And it was, oh, it was, oh, it, oh, it was bitter. Oh, it was bitter. It was, I don't know. It was like, blah. I was like, oh, wow. And she was like, did you enjoy that? I was like, I wanted to be like, not really. Don't do that again. It's in my facial hair. And the joke that I did, the joke that I did on stage is all I'm saying is that that did not taste like vanilla. Because if I went to McDonald's and I got a milkshake that tasted like that, I'd ask to see the fucking duty manager. <laughs> and, jo and Jonathan May, Jonathan May took me to the side and went, "Darling, that's very aggressively anti-women." <laughs> I was like, "All right." Uh, oh, I don't know. It's just one of those bits. It's one of those bits that retelling it now on a podcast feels very safe because I'm just trying to make you laugh. But on stage, also, I was about five years in and you could tell people that like, you don't have the ability to tell this story. I was like, still going to try it anyway. Let me ruin, let me ruin your Saturday night. Oh, God. That is funny as fuck. I'm telling you, right, there's nothing wrong with that story. There's Ugh. nothing wrong with it, as far as I'm concerned. And even if there was, who the fuck's he to tell you that you can and can't do a, a bit? Also, I cannot tell you the degree... You see how I've just laughed then? Yeah. At that story. That's how I'd have laughed if I was you in that situation. If I was fucking a girl, I find dirty talk really sexy sometimes, but it only takes a little slight misstep, a slight toe out of the rhythm. Yeah for me to find it very funny and cringy, right? I've had I've had girls like spank me, spank me, and I'm like, okay, cool. No, hit me, hit me harder, tug on me hair, spit in me out, and then as soon as she says the one that just gets me, I'm got and my erection is just like I, I think I'm gonna bow out for a bit of mate. If I start laughing sexually, I can't <laughs> what would stop. it be, what would it be in that situation? Go on, leather me, give it <laughs> give me a good walloping. <laughs> It just doesn't sound right in most British accents, does it? No. Drink me would have finished me. I'd have rang Carl before I come. I'd have rang Carl and gone, lad, I'm shagging his bed. She told me to drink her. Drink me. <laughs> My favourite bit is, and I remember going, eh? What? Because <laughs> I'd literally forgotten the conversation. I'll be honest, guys. Now that Adam's laughed that much of it, that's probably my new closer. So I'm saying like jokes that I'm embarrassed about from the past, but it turns out it's one of my best bits. So I had some really hacky, genuinely sexist stuff when I started stand up. I was 18. I knew nothing about the world. I, I'd learned what I knew 
about being funny from watching comedians and also getting text jokes by me fucking uncles and shit. And I <laughs> Never a good start. It's how Stuart no. Lee started, I think, though. Stuart Lee. <laughs> I mean, think that's what he said. Oh, some of the shit I said was fucking abysmal. Um, and I, like, I, I, I'm not embarrassed by it. I find it funny. Like the fact I used to say, the only bird I've got sits in its cage all day making fucking noises. I find knowing who I am now, I find that so ridiculous that it's funny. It's not embarrassing to me. You're trying to find Do a I line, mean? aren't you? Constantly in, in stand up, you're trying to find the line of what you think is funny, what other thing, what other comedians are going to think are funny, and what the audience is going to let you get away with. You're constantly working out that line, and the older you are in theory you'd be more experienced but sometimes you've just been literally beaten down by fucking vanilla audiences excuse the pun so you're like you just keep it all between the lines when you're young and you're working it out it's so wild it's like a boxer even if you've got talent you, there might be something in it but there's just fucking arms flailing and bouncing around and and that's what it's like watching some new comics they're like you don't know where the, there's comedy in there but it's so wild and like inappropriate at one place there's a pedo joke there's a rape bit and you, and there might be a good comedian in there and it's and you look back and you think god I said some weird shit just trying to work out where that line was fucking cringy some shit stuff I told this story for a while about um, <laughs> it was a true story as well there was when I used to work in the nightclub Envy we'd finish work at like six, seven o'clock in the morning. And sometimes later, there's a 20, there was at the time a 24 seven cafe in Liverpool. It was right by Lime Street station. So what we'd do is we'd finish work and then most of the staff would go from there, the 24 seven cafe and get a breakfast before we went home to bed. Yep. And, um, we went in there once and there was this crackhead, just this smackhead fella just falling asleep on one of the tables he hadn't ordered anything and the woman who ran it was just typical Scouse cafe owner like if you were casting someone to play a Scouse cafe woman in a fucking play or in a sitcom or whatever you'd cast this woman yeah. and she goes hey dickhead don't be falling asleep in my cafe because you'll get fucking lashed out by me don't think because there's no fucking security guard that I can't fucking handle you wake up and order something or get the fuck out of my cafe <laughs> and the fellow ends I'm not falling asleep, love. I'm fucking meditating. <laughs> I told that story for about five years. <laughs> it's good, though. It's still funny. It's such funny imagery. Such oh. funny imagery. I'm falling asleep, love. I'm fucking meditating. <laughs> oh, God. I've freaked myself out with my own story. Do you want to, what do you want to do? A couple of would you rathers? Or... Go for it. Yeah? Yeah. Adam, would you rather be a Tory MP or a nonce? Same thing. Next question. <laughs> would you rather only ever be able to talk too quickly, way too quickly, or way too slowly? Too quickly. Yeah you get shit done then Scousers speak naturally quite quickly I'd rather be Scouse than from Birmingham any Birmingham <laughs> listeners I'm sorry if you're listening but fucking speed up you know what I mean like it's just you just take too long don't you 
Like, listen to this. Right. How many seconds is it going to take? Right. I went to the chippies the other day. I got salt and pepper chicken, chips, a carton of curry, and a, and a balm. It was dead nice. Yeah. I went to the chippy the other <laughs> time. I got, I got, I got salt and pepper chicken, <laughs> and chips, yes. and curry, and a balm. It was really nice. That's such a fucking amazing way. Like, you can't argue with that. If anyone's listening going, God, Adam's right. They do speak slowly in Birmingham. They definitely do. When Adam does a shit Birmingham accent and talks slowly. God, Adam, you're right. They do t- <laughs> There's people in Birmingham going, fuck you, you fucking rat. What do you think a Brummie accent does? Um, it, it makes them sound a bit simple in places, but I have spoken to people. Mate, I've done coke with Brummies, so they're just, they're fast, simple. Do you know what I mean? Like, fucking hell, I'm having a great time. You're having a great time. I'm having a fucking tub time. No. That's after cocaine. All right, is that they've, performance they, enhancing? They've been sped up by the cocaine, haven't they? What's Imagine a scouse on cocaine? You're like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no, we have some more. Do you want to go get some chips? Get some chips, get some chips. Then we'll get back on the beef. Get back on the beef. We'll go, we'll go to the offie. We'll get some cans. We'll get some cider. We'll get some, we'll get some more limo. We'll get back on it. Get back on the tunes. Get, yeah, go and get those beers. We'll get those beers around, lad. Hey, every, every scouser on coke is essentially a drum and bass MC. <coughs> a beatboxer <laughs> put, a, put a fucking rhythm to it <laughs> What the fuck are you looking at? I fucking smash you up Birmingham um, is defo a slow accent though Yeah but No That's how they say no No <laughs> Really like No's it. got two letters and definitely one syllable no. They put eight O's in it And it's got four syllables No I've just remembered one of my old bits That was really hacky from back in the day About being being a uh, um, a northerner and like you can basically if you want to fake being northern I'm so can... northern I bleed gravy <laughs> me who's drinking gravy <laughs> garlic nan that's my joke that's my joke I've changed that <laughs> you can get away with a northerner by just doing valves if you're a southerner in the north you can just Pick a vowel and run with it, and you'll get eh, e, i, oh, you. String them together. Aye. It's a mating call. <laughs> Fucking shit. That's what you used to do. Yeah, it's one of my that's one of my very first bits. And then what was that? I tell you what though, give Northerners a credit. They're fucking good on countdown. I love a vowel. I love a vowel. Another vowel, Carol. This is Carol. This is how old I've been going. Vowel. Another vowel. That's fuck yeah. All vowels. And I've got a nine. Hey. <laughs> What is it? It's how I met my first wife. I, I used to have a countdown bit as well. <laughs> Countdown's so good at it. I used to have a bit where I said I'd watch it with me dad, and then um, <laughs> I'd be so shit at it that I could never get a word. So I'd just read the letters out as they were on the screen. I've got a nine, dad. Um, puff nuff guff. Puff nuff guff. That's so much funnier than yang <laughs> Oh, this podcast has ended funnier than it fucking started. I'll tell you that. Stay alert. (laughs) That's in three weeks. That's gonna be that's gonna be the Tory guidelines. Stay alive. Nuff puff nuff guff. Drink me. I'm not going to
stuff the spasm into your neck. <laughs> Fuck it. I pulled my neck. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I really hurt. Oh. Oh. <sighs> funny, funny, funny. Is there any more? Would you rather? Why are we topping that, are we? <laughs> <laughs> I need it. I need a word. I need a word from the sponsor, and then we'll come back. Okay. Do you love podcasts? Have you always wanted to do your own, but you don't know how? Well, here at Lightwork Studios, if you've got an idea for a podcast, then we want to record it and record it well. Whether you're doing your first podcast or you've been doing it for years, we think all podcasts should look and sound as good as possible. And with prices starting from £30 an hour, we are by far the best-priced professional podcast studio in London. We've got three HD cameras, six top-of-the-range mics, and a sound technician on hand to make sure that all you have to focus on is talking. We can have the recording edited and sent to you the very same day. Find us at lightworkpodcasts.com so we can help record your next podcast. Send in your questions and suggestions to haveawardpod at gmail.com. Let's crack on with this nonsense. Ooh, I'm all right. I fucking like twinged. Oh. Uh, right, welcome <laughs> back. Me and Dan are coughing because we've made ourselves laugh too much. <laughs> Not because we've got a deadly pandemic like disease. Um, Stay enough, puff, enough, cough. Couple of things before we do the have a word for today. Um, we had an email from one of our regular listeners, Kieran, who's a bit pissed off with me because on Saturday's lockdown lock in, um, I invented a game that me and Dan played. If you haven't listened to Saturday's episode yet, that's fine. Um, but I played a game called The Penis Size is Right, which was meant to be a twist on the classic The Price is Right. Um, and apparently I got me Brucey games mixed up because okay. Bruce Forsyth hosted two TV shows. He hosted The Price is Right, but he also hosted Play Your Cards Right, which is where the higher or lower came from. And the Dick Case Dick Down, the showcase showdown that I did at the end, is from The Price is Right. I thought they were from the same TV show because I was like, oh, game shows with Bruce Forsyth in, they all look the same. Um, it turns out they're two completely different ones. I'd like to apologise on behalf of me, Dan, and everyone associated with Have A Word, the podcast, for mixing two Bruce Forsyth games up. Okay, Kieran, you fucking prick. Kieran, um, have a wank. <laughs> <laughs> fucking chill out, mate. Uh, very, very, Thank very you. pleased to announce we've now hit a, a lovely little milestone. We've got 400 people on our Patreon, which is just wonderful. Um, very, very proud of that. Thank you so much to every single person who signed up for that. That means 400 people are going to listen to the first ever Patreon-exclusive episode on Wednesday. So if you haven't heard the news so far, we're reducing our schedule a bit from today. There'll be two public episodes this week, this one and another one on Friday. And if you want to listen to Wednesday's episode, you need to sign up to our Patreon at patreon.com slash haveawordpod. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash have a word pod and all patrons uh, if you check the patreon website i've just posted a thread asking what you want us to talk about on wednesday if you comment under there if it's rude or a bit embarrassing send us a, a direct message on patreon it's basically like a direct line to the lids because there's going to be fewer people throwing things at us it's way more likely that we're going to talk about your shit 
Yes. Also, for anyone who is a Patreon already and has sent us a direct message on Patreon that has thus far gone unanswered, um, we are now going to be paying a lot more attention to those and we're going to try and get back to as many messages as we possibly can, uh, starting with the Patreon messages. So if you haven't had a reply yet to something you've asked or something you want us to do, that is probably coming soon. And if you do send us a message on Patreon, it will get more attention than in other places. So do use that function. The final thing before we move on to today's Have A Word is that there's been a slight delay just through busy schedules and waiting for a few things to happen on the website being launched. So the website will be ready in roughly a week's time from now. So next Monday, we should have an announcement on that. And that will be when we do the pre-sale on our first ever batch of Have A Word merch, which is going to include hoodies, tees, and mugs. A few people have asked, um, oh, there's all, there'll also be a poster, um, which people who are £10 patrons will get for free. We're going to contact you very, very soon about sending those out. Um, a few people have asked recently, will there be any caps, like uh, hats for uh, to be able to buy? There will be long-term. When we do our next merch run, we'll look at getting some caps. But on this first one, we're just going to focus on the T-shirts, the hoodies, and the mugs for now. And any new merch, we'll look at a bit further down yeah we'll grow it we'll change it we'll have ideas you know it'll grow as as people want it so it's not just always going to be the same merch we'll change it up as we as we as we grow it um yeah so the website will be ready hopefully this time next week uh definitely within the next two weeks but we're aiming for uh this time next week uh final thing that a couple of people have messaged me privately on twitter and stuff to ask is when are me and dan going to be back in the same room together and the answer to that is when we're allowed when the government tell us we're allowed to do it, when we feel like it's safe for us to do it, then we'll be back in the same room. We've already got plans for that um, as soon as it's possible. Um, yeah, as soon we want to be back in the same room together. We just we, we want to make sure we're doing the responsible thing, keeping ourselves safe and setting a good example. But as soon as we're allowed and we feel like yeah. it's safe to do so, there that's when that will happen. It's time! It's time to have a word with Adam and Dan. Tell us all the problems you have with your friends. This was gonna be the whole podcast. Now it's just the final ten percent. Okay. You still uh, off the coffee? Are you still off the coffee, Adam? No, I've had one today. Good lads, he's <laughs> back, mate. Buzzing his tits <laughs> off. <laughs> Fucking drinking like a scouse drum and bass MC. I've had one, um, but I'm not gonna have a second one because I'm behaving Don't do it. Don't um, so good I do need to as soon as this is done I'm going back to edit me special really really excited to get this shit out that's going to be out on the 30th of May uh, final edit is going to get done this week I'm really excited can't wait for you all to see that anyway have a word um, hey this one came to me on Instagram uh, which again not ideal if you can always get this stuff into us via email uh, if you're not a patron, if you're a patron, feel free to send us them as a Patreon message. Uh, but if you can, get them into haveawordpod at gmail.com. So this one came via Instagram. Hey, massive, massive, massive fan of the podcast. Only just discovered it and been binge listening the last two days and pissing myself laughing with every episode. Thank you very much. Glad to be of service. Nice Could you have a word with my mate? Let's call him John. He's from Belfast. He decided to start speaking to some girl from York on January the 1st this year. After 13 days of talking, he flew over to stay with her in a hostel she lived in. 
I wish I was joking. So she lives in a hostel. Fuck. So he flew over to stay with her for the weekend. First of January. I mean, New Year's Day. Did he? No, he, he started <clears> talking to her on the 1st of January, on the 14th. On the internet. Day. <laughs> Hung yeah. over on New Year's Day after New Year's. like, I just want to meet a film. Ralph, I would like to meet someone. I swipe for any fucking... New me. I'm going to find myself a woman and I don't care if I have to cross a sea to get to (laughs) her. She doesn't need teeth. (sighs) He flew over to stay with in a hostel for the weekend. She then flew over here the following weekend to Belfast for the weekend, which he paid for. Fast forward to the 4th of February... They'd known each other for a grand total of 34 days. She moved (laughs) to Belfast. He bought her flight over, which she missed because she was having a smoke. (laughs) His mum then bought her another flight out that night and she arrived over. So they paid for two flights to get this bitch over to Belfast. They argue every second and honestly, the whole thing is a fucking shambles. But she's stuck here now because of lockdown. Just to make matters worse, this lad's fiance died a year ago and he's moved this girl into the flat they shared and let her wear the dead fiance's clothes. Oh my God. And anytime we mention it, he gets defensive. So, yeah, have a word. Fucking hell. It was bad. It was bad at first, but it got worse. (laughs) I met my love. Oh, my God. Fucking Belfast is a great town to gig, though. And this is how I know I'm missing gigs. I've just gone... Ah, oh, to play the Empire where they're all eggy cunts. Ah, oh, fucking love that. Where one of them doesn't like you, but even though you've been doing stand-ups for 18 years, you shit yourself a little bit and go, I'm not fucking keen on you. You're like, okay, good. I'd fucking got, love to um, do the Empire. Heckle. The second time I did the Empire, so for those who don't know, the Empire is a legendary Tuesday night comedy club in Belfast. It's in an old converted church, and it's got such a rough reputation especially for English comics it's just a baptism of fire and I walked on stage as a scouser on my second time the first time I was there it went well it was like a seven it was fine yeah, I yeah. did okay job done um, the second time I walk on and I went what's happening guys good to be here and someone went English fucking cunt and I went mate I'm from Liverpool I'm more Celtic than you you daft fuck and the room erupted and he he just got up and left because he felt like he'd he wanted to be the guy in the room that fucked yeah. the comic and the, the room went <laughs> he, he's a scousey in the kitchen shut the fuck up yeah. and he just left he it, that is what you that uh, heckle comeback is a high risk move there isn't it because yeah. if that backfires, you have lost the whole room and you are chomping on balls in Belfast for the in whole of minute Tuesday. one. <laughs> <clears throat> I said, I'm more Celtic than you. You'd have cunt. It just means my nan could swim and yours couldn't. I think something along those lines. Do you know, and- the weird thing is you're more likely to get heckled in Belfast, Liverpool, Newcastle, Glasgow in the first minute, right? And if, yeah. and, and if you give as good as you get, you, you're going to have a better gig for it. You're going to have a way yeah. better gig for it. Hot Water have put a video on me. I walked on and someone just went, fucking baldy! I was, like, <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm wearing a hat, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know I'm a fucking baldy. You know I'm a baldy. At least I've had the good fucking grace to cover it 
<laughs> fucking Baldy! And because I went, yeah, me, I'm bald! Give us a fucking break. The crowd was like, hey, he's fine. I didn't get annoyed about it. It's funny how you deal with that in that little millisecond, how you deal with something like that. The crowd go, yeah, he's all right. Yeah, he's all right. Um, um, Belfast and this girl. Oh, there's so many things. There's so many things. Should we just do them one by one? Don't sure. Don't start a relationship online on New Year's Day. You hungover, <laughs> emotionally vulnerable little fanny. What a fucking... I just feel like... Don't I think I need to go on plenty of fish. Ugh. Ugh, God. Don't make any decisions on a hangover that are going to affect your life past that day. Oh, Like, don't God. take buy. Away. Don't buy stuff. We've we've spoke about this before. The purchases you make on a hangover. You've bought musical instruments before, haven't you? Hangover. <laughs> you buy a flute once. Is that true? That's my old bit, wasn't it? You know I'm hungover when I'm bidding on a flute on eBay. <laughs> was that true though you've bought a musical instrument hung over that's got to have come from somewhere no the the joke the joke the, the joke was about how bad my hangovers get and i start questioning life decisions i've never made like you're fucking let yourself down you've let your family down you, why have you never learned to play a musical instrument <laughs> no that's how you know i'm hung over when i'm bidding on a flute on ebay that's a bad what was the stag do like i've got a fucking clarinet for a reason uh, <laughs> yeah don't, you should basically be only allowed to get on Just Eat when you're hungover. Your phone should be like, <laughs> yeah. whoa, 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 what the fuck are you doing on internet banking on New Year's Day, dickhead? Get off it. Get off it. Yeah, your phone should monitor where you are at all hours of every day. And if you're known to be in pubs after midnight and before 4 a.m., <laughs> your phone the next day just locks off. And if you unlock it, it just comes up with Just Eat, Domino's, and whatever else <laughs> restaurants are available nearby you can't text anyone so that stops you mess- messaging your ex I miss you yeah, I need ex- a couple can you come to my house can't do that and you certainly can't go on to plenty of fucking dickheads and get a woman from mainland Britain when you're on the fucking <laughs> the Emerald Isle oh god I couldn't honestly long distance love is a, a you meant to be a romantic, and I am a bit of a romantic, but, like, if I... I met Laura when I was living back home in Preston for about a year. I was living uh, in Preston, and I'd moved around a bit, and I met her from Nottingham, and I... You know, you meant to say that she's my soulmate, but if she'd have been from Aberdeen, I'd have had a rethink. When she was like... <laughs> when she was like, I'm from the East Midlands, I was like, oh, really? What? Which side of Nottingham? Oh, the side near the motorway. Oh, that's not bad. Uh, but if it was Aberdeen I'd be like fucking how fit is she is she Aberdeen fit is she flight fit although I tell you what I remember mate, love a girl from Edinburgh Belfast a few years ago I was doing a bit of crowd work at sorry go on I was doing a bit of crowd work at me show in Edinburgh um, and I asked a couple I said where, where are you from and the guy said he was from the Ivory Coast and the woman was from Canada and I went where did you meet and they said Tinder and I was like you do know you can lower the radius <laughs> <laughs> on the Tinder app worldwide. Please. <laughs> have you got have you got black Tinder? <laughs> black Tinder, black Tinder. <laughs> oh. Only for white women. Um. Oh God. So he's so he's met her. And he's like, I fucking like you. Paid for a flight over, fine. She's obviously 
living in a hostel. I don't think we're in any position to judge that, but I mean, it's a fucking red flag. And then <laughs> come over, and they've just started moved in thirty four days, man. I also think there's that there's that young. Feel, not even it's not a young thing because fucking all sorts of people do this you get a good thing like I fucking love haagen and sometimes I think about just eating haagen cooking cream and just twatting two full tubs but you know you shouldn't it's not a, just because it tastes good initially if you have the fucking full food you're going to feel sick it's, there's just something about going this is going to be a great thing and then just affecting a level of control and being like we could if we pace this right be fucking amazing but if we it's like doing a marathon and going I tell you what these Kenyan lads are fast but I reckon I could fucking beat them first 150 metres like Gah! oh he's had a he's that white guy's dead and there's Kip Tanui 26 miles later fucking winning just pace yourself you don't need to move in after 14 seconds yeah you shouldn't move in for a, at least a year me and Jade moved in after a year and it was a shock to the system because all those little things that just seem uh, like slightly annoying when you're spending time in their house and you're like, uh, they're just constant then. And there was more that I was doing than here. Definitely. I was a fucking pain in the ass. I was so babied growing up as we, we spoke about my mum the other day and her alcoholism problems. Uh, by the way, if you haven't listened to Friday's episode, go back and listen to that. I think it's our best one. And a lot of people are messaging us to say the exact same thing. Do not miss out on Friday's episode. I think it was wonderful. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Cheers, Davina, for the email. Davina Bywater, who's been so supportive, sent a lovely email. You'll read it after the episode. It's absolutely it's really nice. Appreciate it. Cool. Um, me, me mom babied me and my little brother so much. If we wanted a drink, like a, a Ribena, I don't mean like a fucking gin and tonic. If I wanted a, a blackcurrant cordial, or uh, orange cordial or a Fanta or whatever all I had to do was go mum can I have a drink and she'd go and make it she tidied our rooms she did our washing she did the dishes we did no chores no chores we were we were we were just given free reign and then when we moved in with me dad because of the time me dad just took over from me mum and he was like fucking hell I've got to do everything because that's what Anne does and then I moved in with Jade and she's like why are your undies in the bathroom and I was like oh don't they just get magically picked up by a fairy and taken <laughs> to the washing machine? Um, I have to do that. Are you kidding me? Oh, but um, they smell. I don't want to touch them again. I've taken them off. Can you imagine 34 days in moving in with someone? You don't even know each other's foot. Like, you don't have to commit to buying a mattress. <laughs> After 34 days, you get 100 days to send them back. Especially... As well, even if you're older, because when you're in your mid thirties, it's very different from like being in your twenties. Like romance in your mid thirties is is a bit like, listen, you seem nice and you like me and I like you. We've had five dates now, so we should really be talking about what you want long term children wise. Can I see your credit history? Let's just get on I know it's date six, I know we're in Nando's, but let's get on Experian just to have a definite and now how is your fertility? Are you taking vitamins? It's very the whole thing is like if you in the back of your head think, I do want kids if you're single at thirty four and you meet a good one, the whole process of like, well, getting to know you can get fucking quickened up because you're fighting like a biological clock a little bit not for everyone but loving your 30s can get fucking fast-tracked there's no in your 20s you're like just take your fucking time take your time because it's suspicious if the other person is pushing for it she's like i just want to move in you're like well where are your mate where's your setup why are you so keen to give up all of that it just it's worrying uh 
It sounds like it was in the Euro backpackers of York. <laughs> she was Fuck. living in hostel. Yeah. Oh, it's not good, is it? And now they're fighting because they don't know each other. Even if you do know, I couldn't live with you. I really like you, and I couldn't live with you. I couldn't live with Carl. I go away with Carl sometimes, and at the end of it, I want to kill the cunt. Yeah. You can't live with your best mate. Never yeah. mind someone you've known for 30 fucking days. Yeah. Best mate. Yeah. yeah. Being your. That's the thing about being mates, and it? it's great fun. Like my, one of my really good mates, Sean Joyce, he is the most fun for the first afternoon, evening, night, go on the beers, and then <laughs> by day two, if he's not gone home with a bit of a hangover, fuck me. Day two, Sean's not as fun as day one, Sean. He's like, ah, it's so good to see you. I've missed you. Let's have a good time here. Day two, he's like, you're still fucking doing that, breathing like that. Fucking hell. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Imagine living. now. Even my age now, living with my mates, how difficult that would be. Think of some of the annoying housemates I've had. It takes a lot the of work moving thing. in. The credit rating thing you mentioned as well, that's something big that I had to sort out once I got with Jade. Because my credit rating was fucking abysmal. Now, me and Jade come from similar financial backgrounds in that both of our parents had absolutely fuck all while we were growing up. Skint as fuck, living on the breadline, living hand to mouth. That's how both of us were brought up. Her mum and dad went with the system of, we haven't got it, we can't spend it, we just need to wait until we get whatever we need and then we'll buy food. And for now, we've just got to sort of eat a bit less and whatever. They, They did the the responsible way of handling having no money. My mum and dad brought me up. You haven't got it? Bring the Provident. You'll get a fucking loan. It'll be fine. Pay it back when you've got it. If you haven't got it, they can't fucking take it, can they? So it's fine. <laughs> so I, I brought, I got brought up with this debt mentality. And I've also, I've got a fear. Like one of my phobias is open and mail. I don't like it. And I just, there's never good news, is there? You never open a brown letter and it's a fucking belated birthday card. It's always, you owe some cunt money and he wants it next week. One, so one in 50 is like, oh, we've realised we slightly overcharged you for your car insurance and here's a £17 cheque. Literally, it, it, the, the best news you can possibly get is a cheque that isn't worth the trip to the fucking bank. You'd be like, oh, fuck, I can't be arsed. If debt collection companies want to get people to start opening their mail, they need to start sending it in either blue, pink or yellow envelopes so people think it's a fucking birthday card. <laughs> I got lost in the post. <laughs> oh, it's a fat one, this. It's a fat one, this. Hand, handwritten. <laughs> oh, God. Adam in calligraphy. Um, but in the end, I was I was always like, I had unpaid phone contracts. I had uh, a loan that I paid off every month that, and I did pay that off every month, that I took out to go to Edinburgh, the festival a few years ago, because I didn't have the cash to go. I had a lot of debt, and I had some stuff that I was just ignoring. And then, I always just had the attitude of, I'll sort it out one day, it'll be fine. But it was eating away at me credit rating to the point where I had to get a guarantor the first time me and Jade rented a flat. And then once we moved in together, Jade was like, you need to sort this shit out. And I was like, I'll be fine. She's like, you don't understand. I'm now linked to you legally. We share a property. We're not married, but legally we're melded together and your credit rating affects mine. And I was like, oh, so I had to go through it all. I went to court, won a battle with Vodafone. They got fucked off. Um, and it's a oh, fucking nightmare. Mid, you, oh, how old were you? Mid twenties when you did that. Yeah. I fucking did the same thing when I was thirty-three. 
Laura, I've got some bad news. I do earn quite well, but I spend a lot of it on drinking so, and hats. Fucking hell. <laughs> I had to get a guarantor for our first flat. It's fucking embarrassing. Yeah. Horrific. I had to get my aunties to do it. But anyone who's thinking, I can't do it, I won't be able to sort it. I've been with Laura six years, and we now own a really quite nice house and all our shits together. It is doable. you just got to not bury your head in the sand and go, right, let's rip off the Band-Aid and go on one of these fucking sites. We used uh, Noddle or whatever, but it, it, it helps. It just goes, that's where they've got you, that's where they've got you, and you can either deal with it or try and sort of a payment plan. You can sort all of shit, the shit out. Just don't get intimidated by it. It's better to just deal with it. I mean, unless you're they planning to fuck about. <laughs> unless you're planning to fuck about more and then be like, ah, yeah, yeah, no, just keep fucking about. Jade opens my mail now. Nice, nice. That's not a if, fucking if it, intrusion. If it's not important, she just puts it in a big pile. She's like, read that one day, yeah? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And it just goes in this big pile in the corner. And if it's like, this needs immediate action, she's like, pay that now. Yeah, it's just... Because what will happen is if you don't answer, you'll miss a fucking speeding fine. And then that speeding fine will become a bigger speeding fine. And then that three points will become six points. And eventually you'll really lose your fucking license. When I lived in Chester with Danny McLaughlin. Yeah. So what had happened was I was sort of not speaking to me dad at the time. And every time mail arrived at me dad's house, he was just putting it in a pile. He wasn't telling me because we weren't talking. And he was just like, if he ever turns up, you can have all his mail, it's there. But <laughs> yeah, fair I'd, enough. I'd been on the train, the Mersey Rail, from Liverpool to Chester, or the other way around. And I had me feet up on the seat in front, right? Not actually on the seat, it was on the metal bar. But one of these fucking train grasses comes up to me. <laughs> and he's like... What? Just train grass. I love it. Yeah, you know, like a... a yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking PCO. Um, and he's like, I've got to give you a... a, a I've got to say... And he, he read me me Miranda rights. He, he said, yeah, I've got the right to the main style and whatever. And then he asked me a lot of questions, like me name, me address and whatever. And when I got off, I was like, if I had the right to remain silent, surely. And I wasn't under arrest. He told me that as well. So I was like... I could have just stayed silent, got off at the next stop and not spoke to him and he would have never known who I am. <laughs> you have the right to completely ignore me. If you do, <laughs> I'll be really annoyed. <laughs> Here's the ticket. But I gave him details and then I forgot about it. Yeah. I just forgot about it. And because I'd given me, me dad's address for some reason, I think maybe my bank was still registered at my dad's or whatever, all the mail was going there until one day a fucking bailiff knocked at the door in Chester. And he was like, right, for my fee, for this and whatever, you owe, you owe us 1,100 quid. And I was like, I haven't got 1,100 quid, mate. I just, I had no money in the bank at the time. I had like a couple of hundred quid to get me through the month or whatever. I was like, I haven't got it. And he was like, well, I've got to have to take property from, from the house then to cover what this would be. And I was like, okay, we'll come to my bedroom. He's like, no, we're going to start in the living room. And I was like, well, that's me housemate's telly. And he was like, unless you can prove it's not yours, we can take it. So I was like, fuck me. And Danny had to lend me the money. He lent me a grand and just went, just just pay him because he had savings. And then I, I just paid Danny back, like, it incrementally. But he never yeah, mentioned it again. Edifying. <laughs> <laughs> he never, he never held it over you. Like, the... <laughs> oh, fuck it. Bayless, man. Ugh. The fact that but you I can get 30 quid, mail. you can get a 50 quid fine 
and then three months later they think they can take 1100 quid and steal your mate's TV you're like oh that is so uncomfortable that is just rinsing the poor in it basically although at the same time you could be like yeah but look like Sean Dyche oh horrible he was Sean Dyche that's how little Burnley pay him like alright I'm gonna need your fucking TV I'm gonna play oh, we're gonna come in the house but it's gonna be a solid 4-4-2 uh, I don't know how we've gone from fucking <laughs> some fella moving some beer. Can I tell you? Can I tell you the problem with this have a word is mate, this boy in the pussy headlights. You can have a word all you like, but he in the pussy headlights. The pussy hit drove straight at him and now he blinkered like a little dick rabbit. The car's driving at him and his little dicks it stood up. It's all erect, but it can't move for shit because it's in the pussy headlights. You ain't going fucking nowhere till them pussy headlights turn off, the engines off, and that bitch back in yoke. Oh, yeah, but it's not really about that, is it? The thing we need to have a word with him about is the fact he's letting this woman wear his dead fiance's oh, clothes. I about that. Okay, turn the pussy headlights off <laughs> and put on my dead fiance's. Stop crying. I'm not crying. You're crying. Oh my god. Why has he still got them a year later? It's proper tight. If Laura thing, really. died, would you keep her dresses? <sighs> yeah, but just to use as for a year. No, to use as cloths for cleaning windows. I'd <laughs> be like, <laughs> you know what I mean? The Rona's hit. We've lost all our gigs, and every time I used a bit of fucking windoline and used one of her nice blouses to clean the to clean the windows, I'd be like, I miss you, babe. Thanks for paying off the mortgage. <laughs> Why are you crying, Daddy? This is your mum's wedding dress. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need any chamois leather done? No, I'm fine. Laura had a lovely wardrobe. <laughs> yeah. Can we just say, like, let, letting your new bed where your fiancé's ex-fiancé... Ex-fiancé? Your former fiancé? Yeah. Don't Give her clothes to charity. You should never even have. There's like, there's almost like a no. have a word that you shouldn't need to do, isn't it? Like, this is so obvious. Yeah. Like, could you have a word with all paedophiles just to stop <laughs> having sex with kids? Uh, nah, just I think it should be unspoken, really. You know, <laughs> it's a law and it's a really reprehensible thing to do to a small person. So, yeah. could you have a word with murderers? <laughs> Dead selfish, isn't it? Killing someone. Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, let's call that a fucking podcast, kid. P-O-D. I love the pussy headline. In the pussy headline! <laughs> Little dick rabbit. Today's song is called Young Fella. It's by an artist called Wax White, and it was produced by a producer called Granny. <laughs> Fuck off. Is it hip-hop? Is it hip-hop? Yeah. It's fucking sick as well. So this is Young Fella by Wax White, produced by Granny. Wait around until after the song for today's Patreon list of legends. And we will see you all tomorrow. No, you won't, Adam. No, we won't. We'll see the patrons on Wednesday. And and we'll see everyone else on Friday. Oh, fuck.
don't need just film seven this morning. I mean, like, I need to get a little bit more comfortable around here. I mean, these boys, I don't know these boys. I keep me eyes open when I'm on the streets, I'm in check I know some boys hoping that you know they beat you to death I'm just the last of a new dying breed, little young blood Just the last of a new dying breed, little young blood I keep me eyes open when the streets, I'm in check I know some boys hoping that you know they beat you to death I'm just the last of a new dying breed, little young blood Just the last of a new dying breed, little young blood Who are you, little young blood? You never know what's on the other side of the window Looking true, little young blood I'm a kill, little young blood With the clothes, put the towels and the shields, little young blood Making moves, little young blood I'm a real young blood with the real youngless, how do you feel? Youngless, these youngless never see what I'm about to bring. If you feel how you can feel, tell me you agree. Youngless, red dot on the youngless head, navy seal. Youngless, all about the green, all about the green. Youngless said I'm all about the green. Youngless, I'm a tree hugger, I'm the Michael Jackson chiller cover, I'm a mean mugger with the boy suit all straight jacket on the sleeve. Youngless, tell me what you want and you can tell me what you need. Youngless, but it won't work, boy, cause I don't believe. Youngless, coming at me with your angle 45 degree. Youngless, you have a disease. Youngless, stay away from me. We the mall coming, we hit the floor jumping. Light up a torch for me You always all something But it won't cost money Now it won't cost nothing They tried to all study us But the all Break down the floor for me They say they're all fuzzy Oh you don't like this You can't fuck off buddy Me little small bunny She hit the floor for me She says I talk funny I made her walk funny uh. If she pisses me off, she can hit the door for me She wants to hit me with the claw, put a pause on me You're in the controller, she puts the game on pause for me I tell her you will open up your jaw for me You should put your whole click in the bin Me and the young fella get a groupie every city we're in Me and the young fella live the fast life, it isn't the same We do it once, do it again and again and again Boys hoping when I'm on the streets, I'm in check I know some boys hoping that you know the beach is dead I'm just the last of a new dying failure Yo, I'm just the last of a Yeah so this is our list of Patreon members that subscribe and pay us £10 a month. Um, we're very, very grateful for both this group of people and everyone who pays 3 and £5 as well. We hope that you all enjoy the first exclusive Patreon episode, which is coming this Wednesday. But this is our list of producers. Jason Hopkins, Rebecca Thomas, Jamie Moores, Christian, the W, Aaron Ledbetter, Adam Locksmith, AJ Gregson, Alex Jones, Alexis Bly, Ali Richardson, Amy Johnston, Andrew Boyle, Andy Threlfall, Anthony Doran, Anthony Jollies, Anthony Wilkinson, Barney Wood, Barry Parsons, Becky Hale, Bunny Whitehead, Carmel Merrick, Chris Jobs, Chris Jones, Chris Townsend, Chris Watson, Kean O'Connell, Colin Pugh, Colette Hind, Curtis Charlton, Dan Lindsay, Daniel Newman, Daniel Pugh, Danny Gilligan, Dave Checkley, Dave Everson, Dean Cochran, Dominic Bristow, Donna McCauley, Ella Knight, Emma Donnelly, Emma Green, Fiona McDonough, Frank Hughes, the Frog and Bucket team, George Mush, Jared Keane, Graham Cashel, Graham Owens, Ian Pringle, Ian Chadwick, Jack Roberts, Jack Rush, James Fuchs, Janet Roscoe, Jason Reynolds, Jay Kyle, Jen Wilson, Jennifer Ridding, Jess Yarwood, Jill Bushell, Joanne Parr, John Barracliffe, John Ryan, Johnny Armstrong, Johnny Edwards, Johnny Bagley, Joseph Moore, Josh Locke, Josh Holt Flusk, Julie Smith, Cade Bidwell, Kate Hamilton, Kathleen Simon, Catherine Wells, Kira Tan, Kenny Gad, Kiefer Gallagher, Kieran Woodall, Kieran Gibson, Kirsty Leonard, Lee Bramley, Lee Aitchison, Lee Grant, Liam, Louise Grimes, Mark Cowan, Mark Hammond, Mark Hollenbach, Mark Pugh, Martin Duxbury, Matt Delmain, Matt Flannery, Matthew Reese, Max Prenty, Maxine Ayr, Megan Ainsco, Mike Kivy, Mike Pugh, Mike Quirk, Mike Sullivan, Mutley, Nathan Sharrocks, Nick Stannard, Owen Badman, Paul McDonald, Pete Graves, Peter Vincent, Rachel Heron, Rachel Whiteley, Richard Palmer, 
Palmer, Rob Barker, Rob Bell, Rob Knowles, Rob Rudge, Rob Upton, Robin Kerr, Russell Waring, Ryan Farrow, Sam Crow, Sam Maguire, Sam Snook, 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 one of them, Sammy Taylor, Saz Green, Scott Brickliffe, Scott Newton, Simon Martin, Steve Woolley, Steph Keeling, Stephen Billick, Stephen Byrne, Stephen Theobald, Steve Bowers, Steve Green, Steve D. Malone, Stephen Thompson, Swiss Jen, Terry Burke, Texas, Jilly Bean, Thomas Civiter, Tom Chadwick, E. Tom Lazarus, Tom Rowe, Tom Rowe, Tom Twistleton, Tony Petru, Wes Coakley, and Zach Howard. See you on Wednesday, patrons. See you on Friday, muggles. <laughs>